the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Today is Sunday, January the 17th, 2010. It is episode number 56 of Purple Mafia. Moving right along as the numbers keep adding up. I want to thank each and every one of you for always downloading and listening to this show, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Quite a few of you downloaded and listened to this show this past week. It has been fantastic. I just want to thank all of you for that, it means very much to me. Couldn't have done it without you. There is no doubt about it. As the numbers just continue to increase, and I just pray to God <laughs> you aren't fair weather fans out there. Stay on board this show through thick and thin. As right now, things are, are very thick, and it's been, a, it's been a very, very fun season, as it absolutely, positively continues with a resounding 34-3 to victory, Minnesota, over the Dallas Cowboys. A well-deserved victory. A lot of us thought it'd be a lot harder than we, <laughs> than we saw. Just a very emotional victory for the Vikings, and it's just been, uh, hey, this is pretty exciting. Unfortunately, the New Orleans Saints also had a very, very resounding victory over the Arizona Cardinals, so the friendly confines of the Metrodome will be no more for the Minnesota Vikings. The one positive, if we had to play on the road against any team in the postseason, the New Orleans Saints, well, the Vikings have won there several times. Several, several times over the years they've won in New Orleans. And it's never been, it's never gone without being insanely interesting. Uh, lucky victories, lucky bounces, uh, anything crazy. You just hope that can continue for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, despite a lot of crazy things going against us as well, like two touchdowns for Reggie Bush. On the punt returns last season. Very crazy. It even drew the ire of coach Brad Childress to Chris Cluey. That was awfully frustrating as well. So an epic, and I mean epic, NFC Championship game is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. It is upon us. It will happen. The game we have been expecting probably since about week six this season. Minnesota and New Orleans is now a reality. The winner goes to the Super Bowl and the loser continues to go home. Very, very frustrated. New Orleans Saints, well, this is their second shot at it. They played against the Chicago Bears in uh, 2006 and got drubbed in Soldier Field. Minnesota Vikings, well, hey, this is our fourth NFC Championship game since never returning to the Super Bowl. As the Vikings, of course, last Super Bowl game was in was was during the night was uh, after the 1976 season. Of course, it was January 77, but yeah, the 76 Vikings got drubbed by the Oaktown Raiders when they actually were a good team back in the day, the Oakland Raiders with John Madden and his, uh, well, 
He didn't have the uh, the TV lines to draw with back then. He just uh, used his pen and paper, pencil and paper, and a uh, little white marker board, whatever they used back then. I don't even know. Who knows? It doesn't matter at this point in time. Um, and luck, and hopefully we can put all of that past behind us for good. And hopefully we can also put these past three NFC Championship games since then behind us. The 1987 Minnesota Vikings went on an influential run. They caught some of the energy from the uh, from the World Series Championship of the Minnesota Twins in 1987. The Vikings said, hey, hey, we're, the Twins are the only team in this town that can win and can pull off magical victories. The Vikings, with 9-7 and seven record, defeated the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, the Joe Montana-led San Francisco 49ers in the second round. On the road in Candlestick Park, Minnesota going to Washington, D.C. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. The Vikings lose 17-10. to Darren Nelson dropping a ball in the end zone with no time left, and overtime would not be a reality. And the Washington Redskins would move on and defeat the Denver Broncos. Absolutely destroyed the Denver Broncos. So a Super Bowl... Super Bowl championship opportunity right out the window, unfortunately, for the Vikings right there. No doubt about that. So we had to wait 11 years for the Vikings to get back to the conference finals, the NFC championship game. And, um, well, 98 happened. 15-1 record. 15-1 record. Minnesota Vikings... Competition in the first round, or excuse me, the second round, of course, because yeah, I think when you're 15 and one, I think there's a pretty good chance you get the buy. To say it like Dylan, yeah, there's a pretty good chance you could get the buy. Yeah, you know, there's a pretty good chance you'd get the buy with a 15 and one record, especially a team like that. Okay, sorry, sorry, Dylan, I had to, I had to do that. <laughs> oh boy, now I'm in big trouble. Now I'm in big trouble. This show might not get posted on thesportsdiff.com now. Nah, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. Um, 98 Vikings, yeah, we defeat the Arizona Cardinals. Very weak competition. It was a cute little team with Jake the Snake Plumber and, uh, I don't know, a bunch of scrubs. They won their little first-round game, came to the Metrodome, and he presented little to no resistance whatsoever for the Minnesota Vikings. Off to the NFC Championship game we go against the 14-2 and Atlanta Falcons. What the Sam hell, man? Why a year that we're 15-1? and one, Wouldn't you just know that some other stupid little team would have a great record as well and a great team and one of those annoying-ass teams that can punch you in the mouth, mediocre quarterback, career backup, good defense, and good running game? Oh, you sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah. For Pardon my French out there, some of you that might not like that, but hey, guess what? I'm not perfect, and neither are you, so I said it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Vikings cannot beat the Atlanta Falcons, as all of you like to remember. Is yeah, of course I'm gonna die. Of course I'm gonna wax nostalgic on the NFC Championship game because this is a big deal, folks. So forgive me if I'm going a little far. But hey, you know when we're in the NFC Championship game, we're gonna talk about it in extensively. Uh, we're gonna talk about the history of the NFC Championship game and the Vikings. Shucks, I'll just make one little quick quote, real quick. Okay, that sounded really bad. Uh, the Vikings, talking about losing in the NFC Championship game to the Dallas Cowboys, 1975. Luckily, we don't have to deal with that this year. Uh, yeah. The, the old push-off, the Vikings, a lot of people said that was the best ever edition of the Minnesota Vikings. 
and um, didn't work out. There was a push off. Dallas Cowboys no call with Dallas Cowboys score a touchdown, and they go off to the Super Bowl and drove Denver again. The Minnesota Vikings would have beaten the Denver Broncos twice, or at least one of those two times had things been a little bit different. If we could have just gotten to the damn Super Bowl, but then again, there it is. The old slogan, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Well, let's hope we don't have to bring that up about this season. But before I get to that, there's one more NFC Championship game to bring up very briefly, as uh, there really wasn't much, there isn't really much to say about it. Old 41 Donut. Oh, yeah. 41 Donut in in New York City. The Big Apple, as the Big Apple took a bite out of the Vikings. Oh, that was creative. And the Vikings showed about as much creativity as Jimmy Fallon on uh, NBC. Yeah, that's about as much creativity the Minnesota Vikings showed in that game. 41 Donut. Jimmy Fallon, excuse me. That's about it, though. And as NBC in general, their creativity's gone out the window. Yeah, you get the idea. Um, 41 Donut, the Vikings fumble two consecutive kickoffs to start the game. Two consecutive kickoffs to start the game. It's 14 to nothing, and less than two minutes are off the clock. Yeah, this year is bleeped. And I mean absolutely bleeped. And, of course, winning in New York City on the road. Uh, good luck. Good luck with that one. That one didn't work out too good. And uh, enough of that. I don't even want to go any further. It's the two fumbles and the kickoff that were like <laughs> the end of that, along with the horrendous, and I mean horrendous secondary we had back then. The Anthony Bass and Waswaswanga guys like that. That was one of the worst secondaries in NFL history. Yet we still managed to get at least to the conference finals because we played a pretty weak New Orleans Saints team. Yep, New Orleans Saints. The Vikings have had pretty good history against the New Orleans Saints in the postseason. 2-0, and in fact. As, uh, yeah, we have beaten the New Orleans Saints twice in the postseason, once in the late 80s and the 2000 season. Yeah, 2-0 and against the New Orleans Saints. We've had very good history against them, and it needs to continue. It absolutely needs to continue. As, uh, yeah, we've beaten the Drew Brees-led New Orleans Saints twice in New Orleans, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. But as I mentioned, none of them, none of them, have gone without being pretty scary, and the Vikings looking pretty sloppy, turning the ball over, and giving up uh, special teams touchdowns. So, and of course, Reggie Bush scored one. Whew, we'll review the uh, the weekend. Yeah, what a weekend indeed! Another one and three weekend for me. Well, really, according to this show, according to this show, it's two and two because I picked the New Orleans Saints to defeat the New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Cardinals, the St. Louis St. Louis, okay, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that just shows you how mixed up I am. I, I said St. Louis Cardinals on NFL East to West as well this past week. And if you listening out there don't check that show out, shame on you. That is one of the most entertaining shows in the history of the sportsstuff.com. And if you don't listen to it, shame on you. If you like football, <laughs> you've got to listen to it. It is a lot of fun. Oh, my God, Dylan and Jim Towers, those guys are the best, and they are so entertaining. If you don't listen to that, you're... Missing out. I mean, that is a superior show, folks. Superior show. Could be a just a. I mean, it's still it's still fairly new, technically, but those guys are veterans and they know what they're talking about, folks. And they've been behind the mic for quite a while with a sports fan. So check that out immediately. Sportsstuff.com and on i and on iTunes, NFL East to West. So forgive me for plugging that out there. That 
might be getting impatient. Let's get some go back to some football talk. Well, that is football talk technically. Um, yeah, we're going to be reviewing the games. You get the idea. Uh, I don't think I'm even going to take a break. I'm <laughs> basically it's going to be kind of on the fly if I decide to take a break. Split this thing up. I'm <laughs> I'm not in really any rush to take a break right now. There's no real reason to. Just got to keep going, going with the wind here, right? As uh, here we go, here we go. We're going to start off with the the most boring game you could argue. Yeah, Indianapolis and Baltimore. Well, yeah, I picked the Saints on this show. I picked the Vikings, the Saints, the Chargers, and the Baltimore Ravens. The Chargers and the Ravens both lost. The Vikings and the Saints won. But, yeah, on the NFL East to West, as I started digressing, I picked the Cardinals at the last second because, you know, I just was thinking about it. Arizona, you know, had been winning road games in the postseason like crazy of late. Well, no, that came to a screeching halt big time. So, yeah, I guess the New Orleans Saints. That'll be the uh, the last game I'm going to review. Or, excuse me, the second last game. I'll review the Viking game. Uh, okay. I'll review the Viking game second last and then the Saints so I can do some previewing the Saints. So, there you go. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. And I'm just a little bit too excited to uh, say it correctly, I guess. So, let's go with the most ass game of the weekend. Indianapolis and Baltimore. In the Baltimore Bowl, the Baltimore Colts are your 2000... 2000- Nine or twenty ten, whatever you want to call it, Baltimore Bowl champions with a twenty to three victory. A very weak game, but hey, Baltimore did lead. And yes, Baltimore being the Ravens did lead. Baltimore Colts. I'm telling you, that comes off the tongue better than Indianapolis Colts, even though they moved away what twenty six years ago. It comes off the tongue better. I'm sorry, Indianapolis Ravens doesn't sound good either, does it? But yeah, Matt Stover. No, that's <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Matt Stover, yeah, now I'm getting confused here. Matt Stover is now on the Indianapolis Colts, as he was on the Baltimore Ravens forever. I forgot about that. Yep, yep, they, they did sign him at the very end, right before the postseason. Uh, yeah, that's a good signing, actually. The guy is a very established kicker. Just didn't work out for Baltimore Ravens. But, yeah, you had a 3-3 three to three game at the end of the first quarter, a very uh, unentertaining game, and you figure, you know what? In a grind him out type of game, the Baltimore Ravens are probably going to win because if Peyton Manning isn't out there gunslinging and kicking butt, it ain't gonna. Uh, Baltimore is going to win the game. They're just going to. Nope, because Peyton Manning really turned up the heat in the second quarter, and the Indianapolis Colts won the game there. The game was over already, <laughs> as the Indianapolis Colts defense really stepped up. Baltimore just couldn't seem to get things going. Just didn't play a very good football game. Payne Manning getting to, getting two touchdown passes. Reggie Wayne and Austin Coley, second quarter. Uh, just uh, Indianapolis Colts did what they had to. It was just one of those deals. Payne Manning wasn't amazing, but he was good. He was more than good enough. Joe Flacco, he, well, he had to pass a heck of a lot more in this game because they were behind. You can't really run the ball when you're behind. And the running game, well, uh, Ray Rice was good, but he only got 13 rushes in the game. Uh, it just wasn't the same game, that's for sure. Not the same game at all. Willis McGee, only two rushes. McLean, two rushes. Not much going on. Rice was excellent, but, yeah, he also lost a fumble, too. That that really helped the uh, the Baltimore Ravens' chances in the Colts. They, don't, they just don't run the ball much at all anyway, and they didn't in this game. Oh, they ran the ball about 25 times in this game. Yeah, that's about it. Not much going on in Joseph Adai was pretty much uh, running into a brick wall with that Baltimore Ravens front line. 
And their secondary is even better than their front line. But Peyton Manning did what he had to. Yeah, he threw an interception, but that's it. He just threw one. That's all That's all it was. And uh, that's about all there is to say. And, of course, Ed Reed got that interception. What a surprise, right? Unfortunately, Baltimore could not capital and get into the end zone. It just was not their day by any stretch of the imagination. They were only able to muster two sacks against that pretty damn good offensive line in Indianapolis. Very good team indeed. Um, And that's pretty much all I'm going to say about it. Indianapolis Colts win. Ravens lose. Colts are off to the AFC Championship game. A lot of us a little surprised, expected these Indianapolis Colts to come out flat, and they didn't. They they did what they had to do. The Baltimore Ravens came out extremely flat. Just They just couldn't get anything going. The Colts defense looking uh, very Tony Dungy-like in that particular game yesterday. So now we move on to the next game. Oh, it was slightly more entertaining. It happened just uh, just a few minutes ago now. Slightly more entertaining, but really, to be honest with you, not that much more entertaining. It was another uh, defensive battle. Defense is good, but it's not always good. Not always. Neither team would get anything going in that first quarter. But the second quarter, San Diego finally getting something going. They got a touchdown. Phillip Rivers looked okay. But then New York started getting things clicking in that second half. Nothing amazing, but they did what they had to. And uh, Mark Sanchez gets it done. And that's what matters. And Sean Green broke loose for a touchdown up the middle. Just just, ex- just got the ball and exploded up the middle. Chargers were pretty much screwed at that point. Trailing by 10 with only about 7.5 minutes left. Um, it was just pretty much a grind him, gut him out game. Mark Sanchez made believers out of all of us. The Chargers were leading 7 nothing and then 7-3 to for what seemed like forever. But then all of a sudden the Jets did, did the, they got their 14 points in about a 6 minute span. And uh, you know what? That's sometimes that's how football is, and that's how uh, great defensive teams win games, on the, at home or on the road. Very '70s Pittsburgh Steeler-like in that sense. They just kind of screw around, shut the other team down, and then bam, do a couple big plays. And oh, god darn it! There's no time left on the clock. San Diego able to muster one touchdown and make it very interesting late. Philip Rivers getting his team to the goal line, and he ended up going in himself. Make it a three-point game with about two minutes left. Figure, oh, the Chargers have another chance. But no, they couldn't get it done. And, uh, hey, Mark Sanchez, nothing special in this particular day. But the defense of the New York Jets looks excellent. And the running game, again, well, as Sean Green is looking pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. 128 yards on the ground. Of course, that 53-yard scamper to pay it as the autumn wind is a raider. Yeah, I said that wrong on NFL East West. I said fall wind. So, yeah, we'll just move on from that. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, invisible again. Sproles, well, pretty invisible as well. Phillip Rivers, yeah. When you throw two interceptions and only one touchdown, uh, it's just he just didn't get it done. You, you get those turnovers. A, a team like New York is going to capitalize, even, even though you know, Sanchez wasn't spectacular. Certainly his accuracy level dropped. About, shoot, 30%. He was about 80% last week, but he threw a teeny bit more. Um, just, yeah, not their day. New York Jets, not their, or excuse me, San Diego Chargers, not their day. The New York Jets did what they had to. And they're going to the AFC Championship game? The New York Jets are going to the AFC Championship game. They barely made the playoffs. 
And uh, it was funny when my mom asked me, oh, do you think the New York Jets are mad that Brett Favre left? Well, right now they don't care. <laughs> They're in the NFC Championship game with a rookie quarterback. That's pretty good. So uh, very similar to Joe Flacco. The New York Jets are now officially last year's version of the Baltimore Ravens. A really nice running game. A nice young quarterback who does what he has to. And, well, he turns the ball over less than Flacco did last year. But, uh, hey, in both cases, they both did what they had to. And, um, hey, New York Jets, conference finals. Unfortunately, I think the Baltimore Colts, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they win and represent the AFC. Wouldn't be surprised at all. We'll get to that in a sec, though. That'll probably be pretty brief. The AFC is just uh, its going to be interesting, but I don't know. I don't know how much longer this, the Jets are going to keep this up. That's a little crazy. So now we'll move into the, uh, the games you guys care about. The Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Yep, here we go. So we'll talk about the Viking game today first before we get into the Saints. Because we've got to talk about the past before we talk about the future, right? Well, the Dallas Cowboys came in. All the announcers in the uh, the NFL were saying the Dallas Cowboys, hey, they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. Or at least the second hottest until, yeah, now the Chargers are done. Two of the quote-unquote hottest teams in the NFL both said bye-bye this weekend. Yep, yes, they did. Chargers winning 10 in a row. Over. Cowboys on that nice run. Over. Philadelphia Eagles with their nice run at the end of the year. Well, over last week. And, um... Dallas just shot themselves in the foot. I don't know how many times today, man. And what did I say about 900 times last week? And no offense to anybody at all. And, of course, actually, Jim Towers, of course, this is no offense to Jim Towers, as to being a great NFL mind that he is, he he uh, he knew exactly what I was talking about. And uh, that's not saying I'm a great super-duper dude, but, I hey, I do know what I'm talking about. You pressure Tony Romo in a very tough environment, and he's going to make mistakes. If he's a good quarterback, or if he's <laughs> if he's Spurgeon win like, Tony Romo is going to make mistakes in a tough situation. And ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Vikings pressured the living hell out of Tony Romo in this game with six sacks. Count them six sacks, and who won the ball game? The Minnesota Vikings won the ball game, and. Uh, Jim Towers also made the comment, now of course this on NFL East to West, if Brett Favre was facing tons and tons of pressure, that it could have been the opposite. Well, yeah, it very well could have. The Vikings offensive line, not so great early on. But again, I'm going to say it, and I know Jim Towers got a little irritated when me and uh, Dylan went into this, dome field advantage was a factor. And no, it's not the only factor. It's not the main factor. The Minnesota Vikings came on and won a football game, and they did what they had to do to defeat the Dallas Cowboys on this particular day. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Uh, Sean Swissom, Swissom, whatever you want to, I can't remember how to say it. But I, I feel bad for him. I really do. And it's just like, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're kind of riding into him. Oh, you got to make those, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the 38-yarder that he missed to you and the, you tried to make it 7-3. to three. No, but first, though, real quick, I'm getting ahead of myself. The Dallas Cowboys in the opening drive, it was a little scary because they won the coin toss. It was a little scary. They continued to move and move and move. But doggone it, Tony Romo fumbled the ball. Again, see, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so I got a little excited and got ahead of myself. Tony Romo fumbled the football. And, uh, yeah, you pressure the guy, and he makes mistakes. Interceptions and fumbles. Fumbles the ball. Vikings dodge a bullet. 
The Callaways weren't exactly on the goal line, but they were on, what, the 40, 38, 39. They were, they were moving, they were getting those first downs. Witten and uh, Austin were really stepping it up in this particular day. Um, but then the Vikings, after a really weak first drive, stopped the Cowboys and, uh, yeah, Brett Favre launches one to Sidney Rice. That was just a perfect pass right in the bread basket. That's literally what it was, too. It was a nice little up and drop right into Sidney Rice. You don't get, you don't pass a ball more perfect than that one. I mean, it was perfect. That was sickeningly perfect. So no, no throwing arm running out of gas for Brett Favre this year. I mean, obviously, it just continues. Four touchdown passes today. Three of them to Sidney Rice, tying a playoff record. Sidney Rice and Jerry Rice. How about that? Sidney Rice and Jerry Rice. Beautiful. How cool is that? Oh, it's really cool. But now I'm going to get to the Sean Sissom thing. Yeah. When the Cowboys had a chance to make it 7-3, Sean Sissom missed a 38-yarder. And, and yes, that's a kick you got to make in a postseason, especially when there's no wind. It's an indoor field. 38 yards, and he missed it. It wasn't horribly missed, but it was missed. You know, it was it was just, that's all there's to it. You either make it or you miss it. Um, yeah, no excuse there. you got to make that kick. You're a professional. This is a postseason game. you got to make that kick. But the second one was 49 yards out, and he missed by, like, like, like a millimeter. And people are, the announcers are riding on him saying, oh, yeah, you got to make those kicks, yeah, la, 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 la. It was a 49-yard kick. Come on. That's going to happen. Even the great kickers miss those. So come on. Don't ride on the guy and treat him like that. I mean, the guy's got to be feeling pretty bad. And, um, of course, he didn't cost him the game. <laughs> no. The Cowboys did not play, did not play the foot, did not play the game today. They just did not, when they got punched in the mouth, they didn't respond to the Vikings whatsoever. But, um, yeah, I just, I had to get that across. Pissing all over that guy was not cool. Um, and yeah, at least now you can say the guy did not cost the Dallas Cowboys anything. But yeah, Favre and Rice, just what an amazing game. Ryan Longwell didn't have to worry about kicking any lard, lard, long field goals in this day. It's only, yeah, the field goal 30, 23 yards out. Just a chip shot, extra point type field goal. Not too bad. Yeah, Vikings going to halftime, leading 17 to 3. Made it look way too easy. It kind of got him out and extremely, but extremely boring in that third quarter. Uh, Vikings sourcing the Cowboys in interceptions, getting some uh, and fumbles. It was just, yeah, Tony Romo fumbled, what, three times today? Not good. Lost it twice. He also threw a uh, one interception, did not get the ball in the end zone at all. Cowboys did not see the end zone today. Uh, Felix Jones, pretty scary guy, but once the Cowboys are behind, you can't really run too much. Felix Jones just looks really good. Um, Vikings are very fortunate that the Cowboys couldn't really didn't couldn't really utilize their 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 round game because they were behind for by so much most of the day, and that Tony Romo was the Vikings were able to pressure him enough on this particular day. As I've said that about a million times, those two words particular day. <laughs> I should just call this show particular day podcast. Pretty cool, um, but yeah, you pressure Tony Romo and the game's over, folks. Simple. Football is a simple game. It's, it's simpler than a lot of people want to make it. And a guy like Tony Romo, yeah, it's just he's just not the kind of guy that's going to respond. Some guys respond better than others. Uh, Peyton Manning is one of them. Though, hey, if, if Peyton Manning's on the ground and it's a sack, then, uh, yeah, that speaks for itself as well. Um, 
just wonderful job of the defensive line in the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this again and again and again and again. Granted, there's only two games left, potentially. Potentially. The defensive line will win the Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings. If they, if the Vikings win the Super Bowl, it'll be the defensive line. Got it? The defensive line is what will win the Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings. Brett Favre and Adrian Peterson will help, and they will help oh so much, especially if Adrian Peterson continues to hang on to the ball, which he's done. He's starting to hang on to the ball more now, the last two games at least. Uh, we'd like him to break loose a little more. Cowboys' run defense looked pretty good. It looked actually very good. But um, we'd like to see him break loose. There's a pretty good chance he could against the New Orleans Saints. I think the Vikings will be passing some, and uh, they're going to do a little mix of that. We'll get into that in a sec as I get further into the Saints. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up first. Uh, it was uh, just a well-played game by the Vikings overall. The safeties, well, they're they're okay. We're not really. The secondary didn't really get tested in this game. They really didn't. Uh, Romo just did not have a good football game. He just did not have a good football game at all. I thought the Vikings ran up the score a little bit late in the game. They did not need to do that. It was already 27-3. And I know, don't get pissed off at a team for doing its job. And uh, when you're on the offense, your job is to score a touchdown or a field goal, right? But at the same time, they didn't need to leave Brett Favre in with, what, what was it, two minutes left, and to score another touchdown. They, they didn't need to do that, in my opinion. Um, but, hey, it, it was fun. And I know a lot of Viking fans hate the Dallas Cowboys. And, historically, I hate the Dallas Cowboys, too. But with Terrell Owens gone, it's a little, I, I don't hate him nearly as much. Uh, and it was also funny to have Troy Aikman as the color commentator in the game. Didn't sound biased, though, believe it or not. Some of you may disagree, but I don't think he sounded biased. Heck, he was saying good calls several times when calls went against the Dallas Cowboys. A few close ones, like the fumble by Tony Romo very early. When they're like, oh, that, his knee might have been down. But no, he didn't have possession. And Troy Aikman came out and said it. Pretty cool there. Just thought I'd bring that up. But uh, yeah, overall, just a the game almost seemed too easy. And I just hope and pray that this isn't just a... <laughs> Some kind of screwing around fest, so to speak. Dallas not showing up, uh, but their defense did show up, and then all, and then Brett Favre eventually exploited what he saw. He saw the right things going on, and the Vikings looked a lot like they did against the New York Giants. So, those of you out there wondering if the uh, the Giants game was an indication of who the Vikings are, well, it may very well could be. Brett Favre has eight touchdown passes in two weeks now in the dome. And the Cowboys, last time I checked, a lot better than the New York Giants, especially finishing up the season. Uh, it's looking good, folks. It's looking good. And the New Orleans Saints defense is not nearly as good as the Dallas Cowboys. So let's segue before I talk about this too much, and this is a five-hour show. <laughs> as much as I could make this a five-hour show, I don't think I'd be in the best interest of you, the listener out there, or really myself. <laughs> I can only go on too long. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Oh my God, Arizona! What 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 happened? What happened to the Arizona Cardinals? Whew. Yeah, a lot of us thought that that New Orleans is screwed when Tim Hightower broke loose right away at the, on the first possession of the game for a seventy-yard touchdown, seven nothing Arizona in New Orleans. It's like, uh oh, uh-huh. Cardinals are going to upset the New Orleans Saints. Vikings are going to host the NFC Championship game. 
the door to the Super Bowl comes through the Dome, and the Vikings are not going to lose a home game in the Metrodome, or the Mall of America Field, or the the field with the Dome. I don't know what the hell you want to call it. It's a it's an old stadium that hosts the Vikings, and the Vikings were 9-0 in the Metrodome. And who said the Vikings would be undefeated in the Dome? That's right, your host, Paladino Joey Owijan, said it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some of you out there as well, but I said that from more of an analytical point of view, not from just a, Go Vikings! I'm wearing purple paint all day, you know. I'm wearing purple paint all week at work, even though I'm an executive. No. Uh, nice uh, nice uh, start by the Arizona Cardinals. But that was the end of that. And I mean, that was the end of that. Hardcore, folks. New Orleans Saints, in a span of seven minutes, had three scoring drives. Three scoring drives. Kurt Warner was not the same guy on this particular day. The New Orleans Saints looked pretty damn tough. Kurt Warner was fairly accurate. He wasn't horrible. Just one. He only had one turnover. But uh, no, no, just did not work out in any way, shape, or form for the New Orleans Saints after that early, early touchdown. Arizona Cardinals just disappeared. Their defense looked a lot like what you'd expect. Arizona Cardinals defense sucks. And ladies and gentlemen, in a two-week span, the Arizona Cardinals have given up 90 points. Oh, my God. Congratulations, New Orleans Saints, for giving up 90 points in two postseason games. Woo! Good job, New Orleans. Ah, Arizona, great effort. Great effort, Arizona, on the defensive side of the football. Come on, man. And it's like I said, on NFL East to West. Seriously! That defense in Arizona is unspeakably bad. It's the equivalent of of crap taking a crap. That's what it was. <laughs> that's about what kind of defense it was. Um, all right, forgive that lame uh, thought right there, but that's what it was. It was garbage. So let's continue. Let's continue before I get a little too childish here. Yeah, the New Orleans Saints had three scoring drives in a seven-minute span, but it was still just a two-possession game, and Arizona wasn't quite done yet. Beanie Wells, the emerging running back in Arizona, was able to finish out a drive for the Cardinals to make it 21-14. to Cardinals finally showed some fire. Kurt Warner doing what he does best, that West Coast offense with that quick release. I mean, the guy has the quickest release in the NFL, and I'm going to say that until he retires. And I'm going to say that 25 years after he retires, that the guy had one hell of a quick release. Fastest release in the league when he played. Played. We'll say that at the time. Um, yeah, just uh, he's a great quarterback, and I hope he doesn't retire. He's the other Brett Favre. He's the other Brett Favre, folks. He really is. I don't think he's as big and, big and tough as Brett Favre, but <laughs> he's pretty close. He's pretty close to that. And he certainly has the skill level of uh, somebody near that range. And ladies and gentlemen, Kurt Warner to me is a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer, absolutely. So let's continue. Arizona making it a one-possession game. One-possession game for the Arizona Cardinals. And Drew Brees, though, goes to work. Jeffrey Henderson exploding. Oh, boy. Catching an explosion from Jeffrey Henderson. I mean, this team has so many flipping weapons, it's, it's frightening. And before you know it, it's 35-14. Drew Brees just finishing drive after drive with the New Orleans Saints. Every time they had an opportunity, they got it done. 
and suddenly it was 35-14, and you're just staring at the screen going, oh, my. And it's not even halftime yet, and they already have 35 points. And I got that uh, 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 that tightness in my throat because, oh, yeah, Vikings do need to win the game against Dallas tomorrow. But if and when and when, you know, because you like to say that, and when they do, they got to go to New Orleans. And, uh, you know, that, that, that lull that, that the New Orleans Saints had at the end of the year, hmm. I don't know. Yes, Arizona's defense totally sucks. And I mean sucks big time. But 45 points is 45 points, folks. And and their defense was pretty good against a team that scored 51 points last week. Really 45 points <laughs> offensively, but 51 total. New Orleans Saints defense looked pretty good. And uh, it's not that good. No, it isn't. But still, it was pretty timely. They were were getting into people's faces. They were knocking the ball down at the right place at the right time. There weren't that many openings for the uh, Arizona Cardinals to really open up the passing game. They really got in those passing lanes and knocked the ball down. Uh, Might have to be, I don't know. They they played that cover, too, pretty darn good, actually, the uh, New Orleans Saints. It was uh, quite impressive. The good part, though, the good part, New Orleans Saints only were able to amass one sack. You do that against the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings win the game. The Vikings win the game. Because you know what else? How many interceptions did the uh, New Orleans Saints get? Yeah, they got one. One. And it only gained five yards. It wasn't these interception touchdowns, which by Darren Sharper, and all of a sudden everybody thinks people actually thought he was the MVP. No, he's not the MVP. The MVP, most valuable player, Darren Sharper? Yeah, he had a really nice year. But just because a aging safety has a really nice year, forcing turnovers, he, he's a gambler. And sometimes gamblers win. Sometimes they do, believe it or not. You don't give a most valuable player award to a gambler. You just don't do that. You give the most valuable player award to a guy who's consistent and gets it done time in and time out, like Ed Reed. That's more of an MVP type of safety. So you get my drift? Darren Sharper is not a great coverage guy. He he just forces turnovers. And yes, turnovers can change the outcome of games. But folks, the object of safety is to stop players, not just force turnovers. There's, uh, you know, <laughs> just because a guy blocks a lot of shots in the NBA doesn't mean he's a great defender. You still got to stop the guy from scoring. Funny. Yeah, they get 58 points allowed. You know, yeah, he got two interceptions. That doesn't mean he necessarily did a good job stopping the pass. So, I hope you get my idea there. And yeah, turnovers are huge, absolutely huge. But it doesn't always mean everything, folks. And I'm telling you, Jimmy Hitchcock, sure the hell (laughs) didn't get interceptions and didn't change the game for the Minnesota Vikings when they needed it most against those blankety-blank Atlanta Falcons 11 years ago now. So... All right, enough of my ranting, even though I'm going to continue doing it more and more because I think it's fun, and I think you listeners like it, and I enjoy it. I'm not doing it just to get, just to show off and get more listeners. It's not an act, folks. I've been too reserved. I'm going to open up more. <laughs> Being reserved is stupid, so get behind the mic and say what's on your mind, right? Let's just keep this up. Uh, Reggie Bush, where the hell has he been the last, oh, for about the first half of his career on the ground? All he's been is really a special teams, the Herschel Walker type. God forbid you'd call a guy Herschel Walker, right? 
Yeah, the guy looked pretty good on the ground. 46-yard explosion. But, yeah, had 84 yards and only five rushes. Pretty good. Pierre Thomas, well, he looks okay, but he hurt his ankle. He's hobbling around. Uh-oh. Where is, where's Pierre Thomas' health going to be when he plays against the Minnesota Vikings in that great rush defense? Hmm. A little more dangerous than the Arizona Cardinals' rush defense, I would have to say. Because how many times did the Arizona Cardinals pressure Drew Brees in this game? How many sacks did they get on Drew Brees? Bump, bump, ba-dum, zero. You got it, folks. Zero sacks. Zero sacks by that astounding defensive stalwart Arizona Cardinals. And like I said, on NFL East to West. You know what pisses me off about the Arizona Cardinals? Why the hell did they look like the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Vikings back when we played? What was that when the Vikings were 10-1? and What was that? Garbage, man. And that's what pissed me off. That's why I was super pissed off that night. I was screaming so loud you wouldn't believe it, folks. Because a team with defense like that has no business making the Vikings look like complete, utter crap. So that's what pissed me off just a little bit on that particular day. (sighs) Okay, back to business. You get the idea, though, folks. You get the idea. Neither one of these teams has a great defense, and I'm making that statement again. I'm making that statement again, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think Darren Sharper is going to get an interception against Brett Favre, and I know he's chomping at the bit because he can hurt the Vikings, who uh, you know didn't want they wanted him to stop gambling. Yeah, and when he stopped gambling, oh, Darren Sharper's not that good of a defensive player, is he? No, he's not. He's really not, is he? Well, gall darn it, he just isn't that good at it. And then they let him gamble, and oh, he gets 19 interceptions. Now, no, I don't hate Darren Sharper, and I don't think he's even an under or like a below average player or anything, but at the same time, the guy's getting older, and i he's not the kind of guy I think is just like, oh my God, we can't pass on the New Orleans Saints. You, you, you can't do it. Don't pass on the Saints. Oh my God, Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper's, oh my God, he's in the secondary. If you pass the ball, we're screwed. No. Ed Reed is, is a lot scarier than him, and yet the Vikings still managed to score, what, oh, like 40, 40 points on the uh, Baltimore Ravens earlier this year? That was pretty good. Brett Favre looked pretty damn good against the Baltimore Ravens, didn't he? And that passing, <laughs> he fooled us all in that game, by the way. I thought the Vikings were going to run, because that's what you'd want to do against the Baltimore Ravens, is run a little bit, and uh, and pass if it's, if it's there, go for the pass. But you want to run more on Baltimore with that pass defense. Favre said, screw that, I'm going to keep passing. And what did he get? Like He got like 350 yards in that game. So, yeah. You get the idea, though. I don't think the New Orleans Saints' pass defense is that scary. And, folks, if they can only get one sack on Kurt Warner in a game like that, well, and, yes, Kurt Warner's pass uh, release on his passes is unbelievably fast, but at the same time, still you can still sack a quarterback if your defense is good. You only get one sack in a game like that? Well... Well, gosh darn it, I don't think uh, I don't think the Vikings uh, I don't think Brett Favre is going to be hit that much in this game. I think we can beat this defense, and I think the Vikings can win in the New in New Orleans. I'm not guaranteeing nothing. I ain't guaranteeing no victory. You don't know who's going to show up in the game. You never know. But I'm telling you, the Vikings' offense looks unbelievably good right now. Yeah, it was sputtering a little bit at the very beginning, but hey. You don't play in two weeks, it's 
Sometimes it's just it just takes a couple of attempts to get going. And the good part is though, it only took it only took one one quick three and out, and then there you go, a scoring drive, and a very nice looking scoring drive against a better defense than these Arizona Cardinals. Earth, ah, than the New Orleans Saints. Sure as hell better than the Arizona Cardinals defense, but uh, I think the Vikings can win this game. I'm not guaranteeing them to win, but I am going to pick the Vikings to defeat the New Orleans Saints. It is going to be a shootout. It is going to be close. A lot of weird stuff might happen, and folks, a lot of weird stuff has happened in New Orleans. I don't know how many times, including the two-point conversion where Culpepper, oh my God, Culpepper fumbled? Wow, he fumbled a ball? Yeah, he did. That was the beginning of uh, the good times of the uh, Bumble Fingers Culpepper. Fumbled the snap and ran it in for a two-point conversion. Defeated the uh, New Orleans Saints in that particular day to end like a 99-game losing streak for the Vikings at the time when Dennis Dumbass Green was <laughs> fired the year before. Um, Mike Tice's first road victory. It was a nice gut him out attempt, getting the, going for the two-point conversion on the road. That was fun. Um, both teams sucked back then. And then a couple years ago, Vikings won a uh, pretty crazy game in New Orleans. That was a fairly fun game in that 2005 season. The Vikings were able to win that one on the road. And the Vikings were also able to defeat the New Orleans Saints in that psychotic back-and-forth battle last year. <laughs> Bush's demolition, I called it. Bush's demolition. Two kick returns for a touchdown. And Drew Brees looked almost perfect. I remember the drop pass, a batted up pass by a uh, poor attempt by the receiver of, of New Orleans. I forget which player it was. I think it might have been Devery Henderson, actually. Yeah, he lost the ball in the air. Or was it Shockey? That guy sucks. Jeremy Shockey, ball up in the air, intercepted. Yeah, that was not Drew Brees' fault. Um, but the Vikings were able to win that game with Tavares Jackson at quarterback. No, 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 no. Gus Farad at quarterback. Yeah, Gus Farad passed in these New Orleans Saints pretty nicely last year. But I won't fool myself. Greg Williams is now the defensive coordinator. And yes, the defense is more intelligent. And that does help Darren Sharper a lot and other guys on this defense. But the New Orleans Saints haven't really proven themselves as a true, truly good defensive team. They've given up points this year, and they've outscored teams. It's their offense that wins their games. It's, it's their offense that wins the games, and their defense is the reason why they've lost games, past and present. So right now, I think the Vikings can pull this out. It is in a dome. This isn't in a cold New York City game in the NFC Championship game. If the Vikings come out and they play with smart football, and, we, and I, I believe in they can, I, I believe they can. They just play smart football. They hang on to the football <laughs> and hopefully force a turnover or two and can get some pressure on Drew Brees. Yeah, you're going to give up some points against these guys, folks. You're going to give up some points. Drew Brees is about as good a quarterback as there is in the entire NFL. He is so damn good. I mean, he is so good. Oh, Drew Brees is just amazingly good. And the running game is starting to improve. But, hey, Pierre Thomas, a little gimpy. Reggie Bush, well, I think the Vikings can stop him on the ground. The question is, can they stop him in special teams? Uh, well, we'll find out. Just don't kick the ball to him this time, please, Mr. Uh, <laughs> Chris Cluey. Don't kick the ball to Reggie Bush. Save us all a little bit of stress over here, will you? That was pretty disgusting last year um they have a they have a lot of weapons though got marcus colston devry henderson's a, D, a good receiver 
Jeremy Sucky, no, Jeremy Shockey, he's okay. Reggie Bush obviously can receive out of the backfield in a big way. He's 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 kind of like Percy Harvin actually. Reggie Bush, you know, Reggie Bush and Percy Harvin kind of similar actually, kind of similar. Not going to have the biggest best numbers in the world, but when they when they explode, they can change games and uh, and special teams and but receiving receiving and a, and a rush or two here and there. Um, Pierre Thomas can also receive out of the black the backfield. That was bad. That was weird. Uh, Lance Moore has virtually disappeared. Undersized receiver. It was kind of a nice little story. He's disappeared. Don't know what's going on there. Doesn't really matter. Marcus Colston, obviously. is Marcus Colston is the scariest, I think, overall, other than Reggie Bush and his uh, excellent uh, overall game. It's going to be very interesting. And uh, I think the Vikings pull it out. I think it's going to be like something like 41-38, something like that. It's going to be... Pretty scary. <laughs> oh, the Vikings finally, I think they're going to finally escape the NFC Championship game with a victory and head to their their fifth Super Bowl and their first in 33 years. That is my opinion. And yeah, it's going to be against the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be Brett Favre versus Peyton Manning. Yeah, I think New York Jets run ends. If it doesn't, well, hey, cool. Uh, I guess it's cool anyway. Nine and seventeen gets to the Super Bowl. I think the Vikings win that. I think the Vikings could. Def- I think the Vikings would beat the New York Jets in the Super Bowl. It'd be kind of funny to see Brett Favre and uh, against the New York Jets. He just be, be better beat them. You don't lose a game like that. <laughs> Even though the Chargers lost today with a thirteen and three record, no excuse whatsoever. Norv Turner is done. I think after that, that's that's bull crap. <laughs> you don't lose a game like that. I don't care how good the New York Jets are playing. I don't care how good their defense is. And I don't care how smart uh, Mark Sanchez is for a rookie and how good their running game is. You don't lose a game like that at home. You don't do that if you're a 13-3 and football team. You just don't do that. And that's why I picked the Chargers to win the game because I said, because I figured, you know, you don't lose a game like that. But, but they did. So, to hell with it. <laughs> how about, how about it? Minnesota and, and Indianapolis in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think so. I think so. But it hasn't happened yet. So we'll worry about it when it comes on next week's show. Yep, we'll worry about it when it comes on next week's show. Regardless of who is in the Super Bowl, we will have a a game reviewing the conference championship appearances and an early preview of the Super Bowl. We're not going to preview or talk about the Pro Bowl. And putting the Pro Bowl ahead of the Super Bowl is one of the stupidest most irresponsible things the NFL has ever done in their history. In fact, it just might be the worst thing. Just about. It just about might be. What were they thinking? Really? You have players like Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, possibly might be uh, might be the two Super Bowl quarterbacks. You're going to have them play in the Pro Bowl. What, what are you doing? Adrian Peterson? Don't. Don't even. Don't even. You know, and Sidney Rice? Uh, that's just dumb. Jared Allen, all those guys. Um, this better be the last time they ever do that. you got to have the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. That's just irresponsible. I don't care how, if it's a ratings push or what it is, gimmick, whatever. Don't ever do that again, Mr. <laughs> oh, what a dumb move. Don't ever do that again, Commissioner. Goodell, don't ever. Don't, you know, <laughs> don't know what he was thinking there. So, 
Expect me back on NFL East to West again. It will happen. It will be a reality. We'll be recording it Friday night, just like this past week. Jim Towers and Dylan will be uh, Dylan and Jim Towers, however, whichever order. You know, Dylan's the official host, and of course, the executive producer on the SportsStuff.com. Jim Towers, that dude speaks his mind, and he is just excellent. Love him. Love both of those guys. They both speak their mind. Um, yeah, got to check that show out. And uh, no trash. I mean, no no trash talking to Jim Towers and the Dallas Cowboys. They just they just did not show up to play today. Uh, well, they did show up, but they got punched in the mouth, and uh, that was the end of the story for the Dallas Cowboys. So, one way or another, whichever team punched the other in the mouth, how would they respond? The Cowboys did not respond after being punched in the mouth, and ladies and gentlemen, that's the result. A 34-3 to win. I can't believe the Cowboys didn't respond at all, but uh, hey, I'm glad they didn't. Now the hope is the Vikings can continue that unbelievably good run they're on right now. Let's go. Let's take it to the Super Bowl and let's win the damn thing. Let's let let let's win it. Let's win the Super Bowl this year. So we are going to call it a show. I would like you to please call in. As by the way, Anthony from LA, thank you so much for signing up to the message boards. Awesome to see you on there. I also noticed you added me on Facebook. Uh, t- terrific. Thank you for signing up on the sportsstuff.com. I know there are many, many, many of you out there listening to the show. It's, uh, it's been, the numbers have just been amazing. And again, I can't thank all of you enough for being a part of the show. And please stick with the show after the season. Don't just leave because, you know, the Vikings aren't 13 and 3. Now. You know, if the Vikings aren't 13 and 3 next year, don't go running away. You better stick to the show. I need you guys. Stay, stay with me. Stay with me. You're really, really helping, making this so, oh, so worth it for me. Um, well, I'd like you guys to sign up for the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. Button in the upper right-hand corner says TSS Boards. Do click on that, and then click on Register, and you're on. You're on board. You can post in the polls in the podcaster section, talk in the NFL section, Minnesota Vikings section, all that good stuff. But also, though, also, call in to the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, and we will talk about the Minnesota Vikings in the conference finals next week. We will talk about the result, and uh, are you ready for some football? This is the real thing now. This is the real thing. That's why I really went into NFC Championship history the last uh, 23 years for the Vikings, 1987 to this day, because they were in the conference finals, baby. It's been a while. It's been nine years. And yeah, it's our fourth appearance in 23 years. Let's make the fourth time a charm. Let's beat these New Orleans Saints. So we'll be back very soon. Again, check me out on the NFL East to West this week and do expect me to return to that show because I will be returning. That was one of the, that was about the best experience I've ever had on radio. So we will talk to you guys soon. Do take care. (laughs) 